This podcast is brought to you by Connect First Credit Union. My name is Beth Kerr, your host for this week's episode. We have a really interesting show today. In fact, it's a little bit of a different beat, which is exactly what we love to hear, because we've talked a lot about the diversification of our economy, how we've seen interesting entrepreneurs who are building new businesses in ways that we haven't seen before. Over the course of the first and second seasons, we've spoken with a lot of entrepreneurs who are building interesting businesses in all sorts of sectors. And when you hear those stories, you start to realize oil and gas is still important to our province and to the economy in this place that we all live and share. But at the same time, the future is looking really different. And these entrepreneurs are inspiring that. Today, we're going to talk about the economics of the beauty industry and how Laura Frostad has built an incredible business that has grown mainly through word of mouth and has now become a household name here in Calgary. And she's launched a new cosmetics brand globally. It's really exciting. So, Laura, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. We're so grateful to have you. But tell our guests a little bit about you and where you're from and what you've done. Uh, How long is the podcast? (laughs) We've got all the time in the world. Uh, so I'm originally from California. I was raised there, actually on a cute little strawberry patch. And I was quite the tomboy, lived out in the country, but always loved everything beauty. I remember the first time my mom took me for a manicure. We were quite poor, but I remember her taking us, to, uh, myself and a friend, to a manicure. And it was actually at the beauty school because they were the cheapest to go to. And I just thought they were the coolest girls. And that was just a very pivotal point in my life and my career now. And so, yeah, I moved here from actually Arizona. I lived in Arizona for 10 years before I moved here. Met my husband in California, and he's from here. Moved here in 2016. And once I got my work permit, I was able to continue doing pretty much the only thing that I knew. So I don't have a university degree. It was something that I loved and pretty much had done straight out of high school. So I uh, started Laura Browse in 2016. That's very cool. So Laura Browse has become a bit of a household name in the city, which is pretty incredible. And I have to tell you that when I started talking at the office that we were going to be doing this podcast, it was incredible how many people just started raving about your business, myself included. So tell our audience a little bit about what your business is. So we focus on Browse. That is our niche. That's always been my skill and trade. It's pretty just old school tinting and waxing. Done well, though. It's actually not a common skill to have to do brows. A lot of people have actually had their brows overwaxed or uneven. To do it properly, I train my girls extensively to know how to do it properly because it's not as easy as you would think. So we focus on tinting and waxing brows. And then we also do the brow lifts slash laminations, some people would know it as, and lash lifts. We are enhancing what you have naturally nothing permanent or damaging or something that would limit yourself to a trend going forward. It's we're bringing out what you have naturally and just enhancing that. I love that so much. So maybe you can share a little bit of insight because you have built basically a cult following among many women here in this city. A direct quote from one of my colleagues uh, when I spoke to her about this episode. She said, I will cancel an appointment with my doctor, but I will not cancel an appointment with Laura Browse. So what is it that you do that makes it so exceptional? I think that's maybe a question for our customers and our clients, but it's from the second you walk in the door to after you leave. We educate you. That is 50% of our business is educating you about your brows, about your beauty, and 
honing in that your brows are amazing before you see us. And here's another option too, if you want to enhance them outside as well. We want to bring out what you have naturally. We want to keep them full, but also we want to listen to if you're interested in doing something else. We have a little wiggle room to not go too thin, but are open to different looks. But also we teach you how to fill them in. We go over everything with you. We let you know what we're going to keep, what we're going to wax, what we need to work on growing, if that's the case. And then we show you how to fill them in. And that's actually really important because so many women overfill their brows. They think that they need to. They don't know how to. So it actually doesn't take a lot of makeup to have your brows properly show up, enhanced, but also knowing that your brows are just as good as they are before you even step in, too. Totally. So, I mean... It's been a big leap for you. Like, I remember I was one of your clients back in the days when you just started with one chair, and it's grown into something a lot bigger than that. So what was it like when you made that decision, you made that leap to go out and start a business with just one chair? (laughs) So when my husband and I moved here, we moved here for him to go to law school. And we had, I mean, a couple thousand dollars in savings. And that had to last us until I got my work permit as well. We found a 500 square feet basement suite that would accept us with our dog. And it was the only thing that we could afford. And I remember talking to him, his name's Emerson, and I was like, I don't know what else to do. This is something where rent is going to cost this much. I need to buy this chair. This is how much wax is going to cost. Again, I don't have a university degree. I know nothing about oil and gas. I had no idea how to fit into Calgary other than making it happen with something that I knew. And thankfully, I didn't know it at the time, but it wasn't even offered here in Calgary. And I think that's how it did grow. It was a risk, but maybe not as a sense of like an entrepreneur risk because it was really the only thing that I kind of knew. And just hoping that we could pay rent and one day afford to not live in a basement suite. (laughs) (laughs) Totally. And now we have two locations. At one point, I had 20 staff members. I've got 13 now. They've all been with me anywhere from two to five years. And my staff is Laura Browse. They're the ones that make the community happen. So I heard that you actually don't even consider yourself an entrepreneur. To me, entrepreneur is constantly in the hustle game. They're constantly in burnout mode. They're second mortgaging their homes. They're leveraging everything. Yeah, we didn't have two pennies to rub, but the things that I needed was like three grand. Uh, It still was a lot at the time. But no, I'm not leveraging half a million dollars of someone else's money to do that. Um, So, I mean, yes, I do run a business, but the risks for me they were small compared to what I see other entrepreneurs doing. I don't know if I'm in their game. But based on what you're describing, though, it sounds like you pursued a business that you were passionate about right from the beginning. So here's a question because I'd love to learn from you uh, because we want to learn how to promote our business better through social media. How did you use media to create a buzz about your business to get it going? Well, that was six years ago. I don't have advice for you now because tomorrow will be different from the advice that I give you today. It's just constantly changing. But back in the day when I moved here, I knew my husband, his two friends, and their wives. That was pretty much, they knew me, I knew them, I knew four people. But back in the day, whenever you followed someone, it made notice of like, hey, who's this person that followed me? And then they would check out my page. I used to do photography. I would bring in my professional camera. I would take these high-quality photos of before and afters. 
And then when I wasn't busy, I was like, okay, where are my clients? Where are they going to? Who are they following? Jeremy with Head Candy, YYC Cycle. And I would follow them and then they would notice that and then they would be Mm -hmm. like, who is this person that followed me? And then check out these awesome before and afters. And then within about two months, I was six weeks booked out from Instagram. And now it's interesting. It's actually completely flipped. All of my business in the beginning was 100% Instagram. Now we maybe get 5% of new clients from Instagram and the rest is word of mouth. Maybe 2% Google. But now you can pay people to do that. And whenever someone follows you, it's weird. or There's too many to make notice of it. Um, And it's crazy to think that that was just only six years ago. But social media, I love it. It's a free marketing tool. But it's a beast. It's quite interesting. And and now you've built this following. So it's like people are doing the job for you by sharing the stories, like the ones I've been told by my colleagues back at the office, which is pretty incredible, actually. I mean, there are passionate people advocating for your business. So it is almost cult brand status when you really think about it. The community of Calgary, there's nothing like it. I've never started a business anywhere else in Edmonton or Vancouver, so I can't speak for that. But Calgary's community, there is nothing like it. My husband and I, we traveled all over the States. He used to play professional baseball. And I mean, still, whenever I go back to the States, I enjoy it and I miss it, but I'm, this is home. This is my community. Calgary is a micro community in a large city. People really do care. They're the ones that are pulling us out of a down economy. I love that. And of course, I know a lot of our listeners are people that are generally advocating for Alberta and would love to hear that too. So that's awesome. But you're not done yet. You went and you've now launched a new global brand. So tell us about that. Well, it just launched. (laughs) I've been working on a cosmetic company for actually almost four years now. I thought it was three and then a friend reminded me that it's actually been four. So it's been a long time. It was hard for me to do the look that I wanted to in a brow cosmetic that gave me the control, was simple, lasted, gave me the look that I wanted to create. And I did like the products that we used before. They were great. But again, I knew that there was better out there and I never found it. I've purchased every brow product out there and I couldn't find it. So eventually I just wanted to create my own and it took a long time, but it's finally here. So it's simply just three brow products right now with different shades. And we would like to expand to a full cosmetic line. But right now, we're just getting that going right now. We do sell to the UK, Australia, Canada, and the States. It's called Reloom. Yeah, I love that. It is so cool. Can you give us a bit of insight? What is the meaning behind that name? So Loom means to light, to ignite. So to relight, to reignite beauty the way you see it. Not beauty the way I see it. Not the way society sees it. Not the way social media sees it. It's the way you see it. I value myself without makeup just as much as I value myself with makeup. And growing up as a kid, it was always a form of expression and fun and art. You know, as a kid, you're just exploring that. And then somewhere along the lines, I entered junior high and high school and it became, oh, she's beautiful. What does she do? I need that. And it became from a place of I'm less than and I need to look like that. And finally, in my you know late 20s and 30s, I didn't like that anymore. It's like, this is BS. Whenever I don't show up with makeup, doesn't mean that I'm not taking care of myself, doesn't mean that I'm lazy or unprofessional. As when I show up with makeup and I look good and professional, I am still the same person with or without. And somewhere along the lines, we lost that, that we are always worthy, no matter how much effort we put into it. And that makeup should be a form of expression and fun again. 
So it means a lot, which which is very cool, actually. And I, I love the story that goes with it. And, you know, when you hear the story, then you know it's not just some kind of mass manufactured brand. I mean, this is a truly unique brand that you're building, which is so amazing. So thank you and congratulations on that. And there's also another cool thing about it uh, that I think is one of the unique things, and that's about giving back. Do you want to share with our audience a little bit about uh, what you're doing and giving back and mental health in particular, which is an area that so many people are dealing with and I think would appreciate? So when you purchase the products, a portion of that does go to different mental health. Where you purchase it in the UK, it will go back to the UK. When you purchase it in Canada, it'll go back to Canada. It will go to your community. And you can see that on reloomcosmetics.com. You can see, and we're always wanting to expand. But where I got, I guess, inspired by it or where it hit me was, so I have a brother who's six years older than me. Brilliant. It's one of those beautiful mind cases. He got a Fulbright scholarship to Stanford, UCLA, and Berkeley Law, waitlisted to Harvard and Yale. He reads, writes, speaks fluent Mandarin. He was always different because he was so smart, but he actually had more friends than I did in high school. <laughs> Jerk. <laughs> right, right. But he, in 2010, simply put his mind split, and he became paranoid schizophrenia. And ever since then, my mom and I have done the best to keep him off the streets and take care of him. Literally this week, he's been in an apartment uh, for about three years now, and literally this week, he's being evicted, and he'll be on the streets again. So it's hit home for me. I lost my best friend. And I think because of these 12 years now of looking at mental illness, and it's, you know, I will say, after I talk about this, I see something happen when I talk to people who are like, don't talk to that girl anymore. Oh, no. <laughs> you know, because it is it is a serious yeah, conversation. It is a hard topic. And people aren't comfortable with it. I am beyond comfortable with it now because it's been my life. I think I see mental illness differently now, obviously, because of it. Mental illness is not just homelessness, drugs, alcoholism, physical abuse. Not to speak for everyone, but we actually have a bit of it in us from anything from our insecurities, not feeling worthy, imposter syndrome, not having the confidence to ask for that raise, to eating disorders, all the way to racism and the big things like of war, dictatorship. Right. It's in everything. And I think that if we were to realize that we all have it come out in small or bigger areas, that we would then have more of an open conversation to seeing it and then moving forward to healing it. So right now we do donate to those organizations, but my goal for Reloom is that I attract someone where we can really make a difference. It has really nothing to do with beauty, but it has such a passion for me in my life. Why not use this business to help it? Well, and that's an important connection. Like, you're the inventor. You're the engineer. So I, I think that's lovely, by the way, and thank you for sharing. And I know a lot of people in our audience would appreciate that, to know that you're here in Alberta and you're kind of in the community here and you've built a great business and you're continuing to do that. Like, What's what's your view about the state of the economy here and the, the communities that you serve and live in right now? I think my toxic trait is I'm pretty optimistic. I try to live out of the negative and not get in that. So uh, talking about the economy, I'm probably not your best guess to ask about that. I mean, because really in my life right now, I'm so focused on my employees, on our clients, on Laura Browse, on expanding Reloom. 
I've got a four-year-old, a two-year-old, a husband, and a dog. That's my world right now. And from what I've seen with Calgary, it was interesting whenever I moved here to see that all of our eggs are kind of in one basket. At least yeah. it was like six years ago. I do believe it's shifting. And to see how cyclical that is. To save when it's good and prepare, you know, and do your best when it's bad. I think that right now it is tough out there for people. But the community is what gets everyone through it. I mean, I've seen so many businesses struggle and it goes viral that they're struggling and the community rallies against them and pulls them out or does their best to pull them out. I don't understand politics that well. I maybe try not to for my mental health, but it's the people and it's the community that will help us get through any economy. Yeah. And, you know, we're very lucky here when we're able to attract people like you to our province. And, you know, we're very fortunate to have a diverse community of leaders. Like, I'm curious, have you built relationships with other business leaders? You kind of referenced some uh, through social media earlier. Yeah, you get it. You don't have to explain what you're doing. I view that we are all busy. We are all pushed to the max in our lives right now. But there is something whenever this business is paying for your mortgage and it's paying right. for also all of your employees and their bills um, and having that responsibility, it is nice to have other uh, friends that are in the same boat and and get it. And I'm extremely thankful for them. I can call them and ask them any questions and same with them. We don't view it as competition. We view it as supporting one another to get it. Because I think whenever you're at that level, they're attracting their business through their personality and who they are. And I'm attracting mine. And we can separate those and truly help out one another. Yeah, I love that. And, you know, one of the things that we aspire to do with this show is we want to inspire future entrepreneurs and future business leaders to take the mantle and and jump in. Like, what advice would you have to someone who's thinking about starting that business and, and you're just on the edge of taking that leap? Oh, I am a pretty tough love girl. <laughs> right. I don't sugarcoat. I mean, really, how bad do you want it? There's thinkers and there's doers. We're all thinkers. Some of us are doers. We all can be doers. But I'm not going to say anything new. There are so many inspirational, amazing, motivational people that we value and our role models. We're all just kind of saying the same thing. How much longer is it going to take for you to listen and make it happen? One thing that helped me grow was... It's so silly, but I say this to myself like probably daily is it's none of my business what people think about me, sometimes including my husband, sometimes including my parents. I love the movie The Big Lebowski. It's one of my favorites. And it's, well, that's just like your opinion, man. <laughs> it's everyone's a critic. Everyone will have their opinion. How bad do you want it? And one thing at a time, one day at a time, take it. I feel like so many people aren't doing it because they're not going to see the success within a week. It's not all happening when they want it to. If you're doing one thing a day, think of how much you'll accomplish in six months while you are having your job and security. I'm not saying to quit your job, but work at it a little bit. But eventually, you're going to have to have a conversation with yourself to take that leap. And more importantly, you're going to have to have that conversation of that you are actually not. And when you're not... How does that look to you? And we all have our mental blocks. What are you doing to get over those mental blocks and why you're not having that happen? But it's hard. I bet. I bet. I know. You know, and this is why we want to celebrate entrepreneurs like yourself on this show, because you're doing amazing 
things. And that's a question for you about us, Connect First Credit Union. We have a new brand and we have this ridiculous ambition. We want to reinvent what a credit union can look like for the 2020s and really respond to the needs of Albertans. So for the decade ahead, what advice do you have for us and how we can better serve you and businesses like yours? It was shocking to my husband and I, whenever we needed a loan for Reloom, we have five years of business that's out of the red, and we were just denied, denied, denied of business loans. So we did have to fund ourselves. <laughs> right. <laughs> the majority of it. Yeah, approving loans. Right. I think if you were to just get out there and showcase small businesses, the people who are afraid to start businesses because they don't have the funds, what does... $10,000 look to them. That could be everything. I mean, whenever I started Laura Browse, I literally only needed $2,000. If someone could give me a credit card for that, look at what that could have grown. And now you've employed 13 people, you said today. You peaked at 20. So, I mean, you've put a lot of people to work here. You've trained them with skills and business skills. Like, it's it's pretty amazing, actually, what you've done. And I, I hope you're proud of it. So, we appreciate that feedback. Approve loans. Okay, we got it. So this is a question we ask every guest here because one of the things we want to do is build some optimism about the future of this province. So as an entrepreneur who's built a very successful business here and it's growing now globally, when you look ahead at the next decade in Alberta, are you optimistic? What's your predictions for the future? Oh, yeah. I am optimistic about lots of things. I've already seen a shift that we are going more into technology. I mean, every day, whenever I see clients and I hear what they do, they're not in oil and gas as much anymore. And that's really cool. I have a lot of faith for the younger generations, too. They're not messing around, and they are demanding that we make a shift. And I think in the next 10 to 15 years, there's going to be a lot less people standing in their way. Yep. And I think that's great. It's their turn. And I'm very optimistic. Yeah. I think I'm excited. That's amazing. We at Connect First are also so excited. So, Laura, do you have any final thoughts you'd like to leave with the listeners of the show? I just appreciate you having me on the show. And I really value what you're doing as well. The fact that you're giving small businesses a voice and hearing our side of the story as well and actually how you can support. I don't know any credit union that's doing that, anyone that's in finance or economics. So that's very valued. So I appreciate what you're doing as well. Thank you, Laura. We really appreciate that. And you know what? You're an awesome guest. We are so glad you joined us on the show. And we are going to be cheering for you and your success as you go and take over the world. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Next Steps. At Connect First, we have an aspirational goal to build a brand that people love, something that's pretty unexpected in the financial services industry. Laura Frostad has already accomplished that goal. People in Calgary truly love her brand, Laura Brows. And now that she's launched her global cosmetics brand, Reloom, we know that people all over the world will fall in love with her brand as well. Laura's humility is really surprising when you consider everything that she's accomplished. You know, she talked about the community coming together over the last few years and how the laws of attraction of like-minded people are going to come together to get through this, get through the tough times like we faced through the pandemic. And, you know, I think it reflects that unique entrepreneurial spirit that is right here at home in Alberta. And, you know, she also said, I'm not an entrepreneur. And yet, 
what she's really done is she's found a new way to become an entrepreneur, to build a business, to follow her passion, and to find creative ways to create something unique that wasn't here before. And that's making our community richer. And that's what we'd like to do at Connect First Credit Union. So you know what? Her advice for us to approve loans, well, I'm going to take that back to the office and hopefully we're going to get going on that tomorrow. So with that, if you liked what you heard today, share it with your network and be sure to subscribe. Thank you for listening. We'll see you next time on What's Next Alberta.